Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Good morning. This is the eve of your big launch, is that right? Yeah, tomorrow, back in Wexford, we're launching in Easons on the Main Street in Wexford. A very special person is launching for me too. I wonder who that is. I wonder who it is. <laughs> I'm just so pleased because um, oh, your listeners will probably have heard me on the show for 10 years now. You know, this is my 11th novel. And Southeast Radio have been there from the beginning. And you've been in my corner from the beginning. So it feels very special that the launch is in Wexford and you're going to launch for me. I'm delighted and honoured to do so. And my, my wife absolutely is an avid supporter of yours and the fans. And, and she actually has read the book in detail and she tells me it's a cracker. An oh, absolute cracker. So good to yeah. hear that. It's a historical story. Let's tell you, the book is called The Girl from Donegal, isn't it? And it's about two women and their lives are interwoven. Now you, you yeah. will say, don't give away too much or people won't buy the book yeah. so what people's appetites then? yeah well it is actually my first historical fiction now it's dual timeline so it's set between present day and 1939 and the 1939 story is Eliza Laveries she's a Donegal woman and she gets the title on the book The Girl from Donegal and she leaves her hometown of Rathmullen in Donegal for a new life in Bermuda setting sail on the SS Athenia and actually the real life events that happen on that ship because you know there is factual events that this story is based on um, changes her life and the lives of many others for 80 years yeah. and then in the present day Saoirse O'Donnell leaves Donegal for a holiday in Bermuda and it's there that she finds out about how her life is interwoven as you said with Eliza's yeah. and how they have a lot of similarities 80 years apart these two Donegal women share a lot what, that, that ship you just mentioned the SS Athenia mm. was that one of the first ships sunk in World War yeah it was It was actually you know, I knew nothing about it and I thought I was quite yeah. a bit of a history geek Alan um, but when I came across a snippet on a BBC historical archive, which kind of inspired the story, really, I saw the snippet and it mentioned the ship and I thought, well, I'm going to have to go and look now. And I looked and I saw all these connections to Ireland because it set sail from Belfast, um, Glasgow and Liverpool. Yeah. And it was the 1st of September in 1939 and it was filled with Americans and Canadians who were all fleeing Europe and trying to get home because they could see the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Um, Chamberlain had just issued an ultimatum to Hitler saying to, you know, take your troops out of Poland or we're at war along with the Italian Prime Minister, etc. And so I think everybody knew things were pretty dire. And the captain of that ship, Captain Cook was his name, he um, allowed extra passengers on board and changed the gymnasium into dormitories to try and give passage to as many as possible. But unfortunately, um, it was quite ill-fated because German submarines thought that it was actually um, an, an English freighter, a Royal Navy freighter, and they did torpedo it. But, um, How many lives lost? There were 117 lives lost, but there were hundreds of lives saved because of Captain Cook, actually. He he was very forward-thinking and he made sure that they had done several monster drills to yeah. make sure everybody knew what to do in the event of an emergency. So yeah. the, the events that happen on that ship, um, my character Eliza goes through them. And she has to learn how strong she really is when she's on board that ship. And it gets quite dramatic for a while for her. Yeah. So, as you say, it's your first kind of history novel Mm. where you've interwoven these two characters. Mm. How difficult was it? Because, like, even I've asked you, and that that ship, by the way, was just reading a copy of the Ireland Zone recently, and they they featured that article on that ship, which is purely coincidental that you and I are talking about it again. Isn't that mad? It's like, I think it's going to find me everywhere now because the... um, some of the survivors were taken by a freighter ship to Galway. So a lot of the survivors ended up wearing clothes belonging to Galway residents who fed and clothed them and gave 
them shelter until they could then go on to find their families. And um, but the the research for it was was really interesting, and I was lucky because 1939 isn't that far back. Some of the survivors um, were children who are still alive and there has been a reunion and there's a lot of first-hand accounts of what happened, which which was wonderful for me for research and a couple of books written as well about the night that the ship was torpedoed. Yeah, well, we have one lucky listener is going to go away with a copy of this new book actually autographed so they can text mm-hmm. or WhatsApp in straight away and uh, Brona will go down through the list and we'll put them into our magic box and pick <laughs> out a winner. So just text in the girl from Donegal please that's the word you text in and your name and contact number and we'll get uh, Carmel to autograph the book especially for you before the end of the programme today um, it's book number 11 for you and you were going back over the journey when you first joined me in studio yeah. tell me about this just how difficult was it for you then Carmel to actually yeah. get, get up uh, did you have rejection early on? Yeah I really did in the beginning sure nobody wanted to know and I had several kind of Dear John letters. It was really, before even emails, it was more letters actually. And I had quite a few of them. I had agents weren't interested. And it was difficult at the time. And you have to kind of have a bit of a strong backbone, Alan, and you've got to just have a lot of strength of conviction that that this is what you should be doing. And I had a passion. I just believed, somehow or other, I believed that it would work out. Mm. But the early years were difficult. And, you know, you were lucky if you sold a couple of hundred books and you celebrated the hundreds that you sold Whereas now it's it's wonderful. It's a lot more than that. So it makes um, it, it makes it easier to buy the trainers for the kids. <laughs> yeah, but but there were dark days along the totally, way. There, was totally. there? And were there times when you said to yourself, "Oh no, I, I, yeah." I kind of always knew that it was what I wanted to do. And you know what I loved about it was that apart from being passionate about writing, it was a career that I could interweave with being a mother and you know how important my kids are to me and I didn't have kids until I was 39 I was a little bit later and so I really wanted to be that mother that was at the school gates every day and writing has afforded me that because I write around their schedules and it's not unusual for me to write at midnight but that means at three o'clock I'm there to pick Nate up and you know now it's a bit later for Amelia but in the beginning there were I wasn't earning much money and um, what I did was I used to write for the Irish Independent and I wrote kind of parenting articles for them and that freelance work helped pay a few bills too but you just have to keep at it if there's anyone out there Alan that wants to write I think the main thing I would say to you is is just keep your faith in yourself and even when others don't seem to have faith hold on to that faith that you are doing what you're supposed to do and right. it will it will come to you in the end. So just text in the, the, our WhatsApp, the girl from Donegal please uh, and we'll get uh, uh, Carmel to autograph the book for us. Um, what advice would you give to young writers then? Yeah, um, well kind of get out of your own way I suppose is a lot of it because when I was a young writer, I was very good at being in my own way, saying I'm far too busy to write books, you know. And I always said I was too busy, and shit, that was a load of rubbish because when I did start to write, I was a mother with two babies, two small babies at home, and I was very busy. But I still found the time. If you want to write, you'll find the time. So I'd say write every day, keep in your story, um, and I think um, find your tribe is the other thing, Alan. Like, I'm very lucky. I have this wonderful network of writers that have become my dearest friends. Yeah. And it's great to have a tribe that understand what you're doing. 
that helps as well. You know, on those dark moments when something goes wrong, because things will go wrong, it's nice but, to have what, people what, you can what, call. What goes wrong? I mean, well, do you know what? This week, let me just tell you, this week has been a cracker of a week. Um, the books were due to arrive on pallet loads at the week, you know, at the weekend, ready for various signings. And on Monday, I was meant to be in warehouses in Dublin. No books had arrived. They were lost. Tuesday, they still hadn't arrived. So these are the things that happen. So there are moments where it's like... And have they arrived now? Yes, they're all yeah. good. So we are sorted. In, in fact, I've just had the loveliest moment. I've just seen books in the window of the book centre in Wexford have given me a gorgeous window display as have Easons in Wexford. I'm, like The local yeah. support. Isn't it wonderful? Like, it's great. Well, you see you tomorrow night in Easton. I'm looking forward to the chat. 6.30, and, yeah. And uh, it's an honour to be asked to uh, launch it for you and I appreciate it very much. But uh, just my final question is, you are known for your twists and your turns and yeah. surprises in your novels and this new book, The Girl from Donegal. I get the impression, without spoiling it for people, spoiler alert, no spoiler alert because I'm not going to spoil yes. it, but I get the impression this book is full of it. There is. I think there are there are twists and turns probably about two thirds of the way through that might make you think well I'm done now well I'm not mm. I'm kind of only getting warmed up about two thirds of the way through and yeah I wanted to keep I wanted to write a story that was you know like those big sagas from years ago and because it spans 80 years it had to be juicy and it had to keep the page turning and keep alive no matter which right. decade I was in so lots of twists well the texts and whatsapps have been literally flying in really? but I got you get you to sign the book before you head off to get ready love to. yeah uh, and Sheila Carolyn is from Wexford and her name has come out of the draw drum. So, uh, congratulations, Sheila. So you sign that for Sheila, I will you? I would love to do it for Sheila. Okay. So the launch is tomorrow evening. Is it open to the public or is it all, invite only? Oh, no. All welcome. No, we're, we're having it in Easton's for that reason. Um, Damien is making space. Damien Byrne is the owner there and he's making space for everybody. There'll be wine, soft drinks and you and me, Alan. So what more could you <laughs> want? Have an old chat again. We'll have a chat. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.